You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Excited to be joined by NLCLA Governing Board Vice President Melinda Amato is here. One of our favorites. The person who actually probably keeps the chapter running more than anybody else. Excited to finally have her on. So let's get to it. All right, Melinda. You know, I was trying to think as I knew you'd be on today. When did we, when did we meet? What year was that? We met in 2012 because... I was connected to you through actually somebody from Orange County who said that you would be a good up-and-coming leader to meet with in Los Angeles. I remember those days when I was up-and-coming. Now I'm just now I'm just old leaders council, but yeah. And then you've been pretty much involved ever since and played an integral role on the board. Why do you, you know, you know, I got this question a lot at the NLC info session last night um, once folks realized how long I'd been around NLC, why uh, people asked me why I kept hanging around. What's the reason that you have uh, managed to stick it out all these years with us? The biggest thing for me is that NLC offers a really unique experience in that it does a good job at cultivating people from a wide range of sectors and life experiences. And so although there's definitely value to being in a program where folks have more similar experiences to you, there's definitely a big value add that we bring to the space in having that. And it's something that I think really allows folks to challenge some of their existing viewpoints and really think differently about their potential career paths and the way in which they work with different sectors. Yeah. And then you've had a good perspective as well, being around a while, seeing how national has evolved. You've been to a couple of the national convenings and was in Houston in July at the national convention. What things stuck out to you about how NLC as a national org has changed over time? One thing that really stood out to me that was something that that I've been excited to talk to other people about is how much the chapters across the country are really able to engage with each other and learn from each other. So one neat thing that we incorporated this year is having info sessions that were at different times of day in places like coffee shops to accommodate folks that might not be able to meet up during the week. And that's something that we hadn't thought of, but that other chapters across the country were doing, and we were able to incorporate that. And seeing how much folks who were interested in seeing the national organization make a shift to the left and seeing some of those changes start to take place and definitely being part of the conversation to continue to make that possible. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the the coffee talks you've been doing, hitting different parts of town. So you just did one on Sunday. Tell folks what part of town you're in and, and what's your connection to that area. We're in southeast Los Angeles. We're about half an hour southeast of downtown LA. And I moved into the neighborhood when I graduated from college because my abuelita, which is grandmother, lived here. And this is actually the part of town that my family has lived in since my mom came from Mexico. And it's been a really interesting journey seeing how different experiences are for people who live here versus more resourced part, more resourced parts of the county and really working with folks here to make sure that, that they get the changes that they want. Um, and a neat thing for me sort of recently is seeing a lot of the elected officials coming out of this this area be a lot more engaged with the community. Oftentimes, they're also a lot younger and just seeing all that potential because we don't have as much of this entrenched generational leadership that you see in other parts of the county. 
Yeah, it's definitely a vibrant part of the city. Uh, my exposure to it was mostly through my work with KIPP. There was a, a KIPP campus there, KIPP Comanza in Huntington Park, and then uh, we expanded a little bit into places like Maywood and uh, Bell and Southgate and those places too. But I think you're right. Yeah, it's definitely got a, a ton of potential in terms of leadership because uh, there is a slightly lower barrier of entry for elected office, but you can really capitalize on on roots of that community or having a strong vision for that community too. So yeah, I think you're right. It's exciting to see where, where it'll go for the folks that came to the info session on Sunday. And there was what about eight or eight or nine or 10 folks showed up. Did they have any uh, trends amongst them in certain same kind of jobs or certain kind of issues that were motivating them to seek out NLC? What kind of things did you hear? They were definitely all involved in different types of issues, but really the resounding trend that we heard was just, that folks were really grateful that we did an event in Southeast Los Angeles because a lot of citywide or countywide organizations don't pay that much attention to our area. So that was something that was really exciting for us. And some of them were people who maybe work in areas like the West side or downtown, but live closer to the Southeast and were really excited to be able to come to a nearby event. Yeah, that makes sense. Listen, when we come back, Melinda has a new job that I want to talk to her about. I think you'll love hearing about it as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. All right, Melinda, how long have you been on this new job before we tell people where it is? I have been there since August 27th, so it's still nice and fresh. And where is this job that you're going to since August 27th? It's a company called Bird, and it's located in Venice, which is on the west side. Yeah, so the Bird scooters that have been in the news and on the internets and definitely a hot topic of conversation. What was appealing uh, to you initially about seeking out uh, a job with them and trying to work with them? What appealed to me most was the fact that they're creating a new base of people who are interested in fighting for safer streets and better bike infrastructure. I think that it's a really unique opportunity because a lot of folks who are riding these scooters maybe weren't that interested previously in installing bike lanes or helping fight for bike lanes, but now are seeing the value add. They're being exposed to our streets in a different way and becoming aware of some issues that that have been around for a while, but that now we have more of an opportunity to address. So I'm excited to be in a space where I can keep working with a lot of organizations that have already been doing really, really awesome work fighting for safer streets in Los Angeles and being able to help connect them to our supporter base and then also help advocate for everything we need to do to make our streets a more a more uh, friendly space for, for modes of transportation that might not necessarily be a car. So then do you see your role over time being a lot of community outreach? Is it uh, focusing on neighborhoods that don't have birds yet or that have birds currently? Where, where do you see your scope of work, Landon? Sure. So I'm on our advocacy team and a lot of my work is focused around building support both before we go into new spaces and then once we're there, especially when it's somewhere that we might be facing opposition. So for instance, my team was largely responsible for organizing a rally in Santa Monica when Santa Monica tried to ban Bird from operating in Santa Monica, but then ultimately ended up reversing their decision and choosing Bird as one of the pilot programs. 
And then, you know, you've been there a short amount of time, but I know you've been following Bird since they landed, if, if you will, um, on the city of, of L.A. What do you feel like uh, has really, let me put the question this way, like, do you feel like they initially saw themselves as being one type of company and then evolved once they saw what happened once um, some people were very supportive, but some people were in, in opposition? Or do they always have this idea that they could be a transformational type of technology that could really change how the streets are used and viewed? There's definitely been a lot of shifts within the company and the approaches and the way that they operate and the spaces that we want to align ourselves with. So one big thing is that we very much consider ourselves to be a transportation company rather than predominantly a technology company because most of the work that we do and the outreach that we do is in that space. And the other thing is that we've really changed the way that we approach cities and the way that we engage with our members based around what we see working in some spaces and not others. So for instance, the way that we approach entering a university is different than the way that we would approach entering a major city like Los Angeles. And then, you know, I think what's been interesting to me is, is how much people love cars and how much I mean, it makes sense. They've been obviously around for so long and they're such a, a integrated part of the LA experience. But, you know, so many folks have tried to kind of knock bird scooters because they might be, uh, you know, laying across a driveway or someone was careless and didn't put it in a place that made it easy for someone to navigate a sidewalk. But then those same people don't really see that the the things that are often in the way on our streets are the parked cars or are just the, like the high volume of, of single occupancy vehicles that are just clogging up the streets and that there isn't much vision or much uh, creativity about what could be different about that, um, which is really surprises me. So yeah, I, I'm excited for, you know, your take as you're there longer and longer to see, you know, what kind of messages really take hold with people that they wouldn't feel motivated to ask their city councilman or ask their uh, neighborhood council to consider like pulling street parking off or having not just a bike lane, but an actual protected bike lane that would make more people feel safe on, on the streets. What are the people like that work there with you? Any surprises about uh, demographics or gender or age? Are they kind of young hippie types? Or are they more seasoned organizing types? What, what kind of folks are working with you? It's definitely something that's shifting as the company continues to grow and learning more about what approaches we want to take to operating in new markets. So one thing that's really exciting that we just launched is a GovTech platform. And the way that that works is it allows cities that we operate in to see a display, essentially, of all of the folks who have taken BIRD and then heat maps around where the trips start and stop and things like that. And we're really focused around government being our main customer. And so once we made that shift, then we're definitely focusing a lot more on hiring folks with specifically government backgrounds, mm -hmm. as opposed to just uh, folks who have focused more in the transportation and tech space. Got it. And then say like 12 months from now, what would be um, a work outcome that you'd be really proud of? Like what would you want to see happen that you could, that if you were, the one who drove that particular outcome, you'd be like, hey, that is something that's really satisfying to me. What's your kind of dream scenario, say 12, 12 months from now? I would definitely be interested in seeing a place where 
in several of the cities that we operate in, we've been been able to mobilize our users successfully to fight for better street infrastructure. And so in my ideal world, some of those protected bike lanes that we're fighting for and helping to fund would already be at least signed off on and ideally almost in progress. Okay. Last thing. Um, give me the, give the folks listening. Cause there are so many uh, things to watch for in the next couple months, whether it's electoral politics in the Southeast cities or other things you're, you're keeping your eye on nationally from a political standpoint, what kind of things do you think people should pay attention to say between now and the midterms in November? It's definitely tough to say, but the biggest thing for me is just for folks to really get out and do everything they can to help in swing districts. And so if, if you're somebody who is able to canvas, then that's a really great way of getting involved. If not, but you're able to make phone calls, phone banking is a really great way to get involved. And I think it's important to remember that even when there's candidates that we don't align ourselves completely with, um, if they're significantly more in line with our values than the other candidate, then that's definitely something that we should still be considering because there's really a lot at stake in this election. And this blue wave that we've been talking about is definitely not going to happen unless we really do our due diligence and help flip those districts and also register folks to vote and help take folks to the polls. So I would say definitely make sure that you have a plan for voting and that all of your closest family and friends have a plan because when people have a plan about how and when they're going to vote, that's the greatest uh, determiner of whether or not they're going to do it. Nice. That's good advice. And our advice for everyone listening as well, get those NLC applications in. If you're a potential applicant, they're due October 1st at noon specific time. Hope to see a lot of those come in. And if you want to hear what all of our alums passed from classes have been up to, check out past episodes of the Zag. There's 91 of them in the iTunes, Apple Pod app, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher. They're just about everywhere. Download and subscribe. We appreciate the support. More Zag episodes coming next week. Thanks so much for listening. We will catch you soon.